welcome to the Stalk and I podcast for solo parents and those considering solo parenthood by donor conception. I'm your host, Mel Johnson, the solo parenthood coach and solo mum to my four-year-old daughter. Series five of the podcast is dedicated to donor conception. I speak to a range of donor-conceived people as well as experts on donor conception to cover a range of topics on this subject. Before we get into today's episode, few quick updates for some exciting things that are coming up. As you know, this series of the podcast is all about donor conception and giving a platform to hear donor conceived people's voices. We've got a great event coming up in Thriving Solo where we're chatting to Natasha Fox on her experience of being donor conceived and raised by a solo parent. You can come and join us live and ask questions or you can watch it on demand later. For more information on how to join the event, head over to the Thriving Solo Events page. The link is on the show notes. I'm also recording a mini series for Thriving Solo members all about finance. So people often say that one of the biggest considerations is finances and managing finances. Finances seems to be the number one topic that is on people's minds getting support on different information to do with finances. So I want to provide more information on a variety of subjects on this topic. And then lastly, I'm recording a mini-series on considering whether to choose solo adoption or donor conception to become a solo parent. And I am interviewing a variety of people on their experiences around making those decisions because I know many people are in the position where we're trying to decide which the right option for us is. And the more information I can share, the easier it will be to help you make a decision. Of course, I will also be continuing to record the podcast that's available to everybody, not just Thriving Solo members. And the next series is going to be recording with a series of solo parent stories. Today's guest is Emily. She was donor conceived and raised by a solo mum. But different to my previous podcast guests, she wasn't 100% clear about her situation as she was growing up. This episode really puts a spotlight on the importance of telling our children at an early age and having continued dialogue as they grow up. We can't presume they understand the situation if we're not discussing the details with them. Emily, so nice to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Uh, no worries. Before we get into things, would you like to give yourself a bit of an introduction? Um, Emily, I'm 25. I live in Vancouver, in Canada. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. So you're 25, you live in Vancouver, and you are donor-conceived, and your mum's a solo mum. Yeah. And I think we connected on the Facebook group, didn't we? Yeah, I saw it. Or Instagram, Instagram and Instagram posts. Yeah. So basically, um, I have a podcast that solo parents and people who are considering solo motherhood listen to. And one of the things that I've been trying to do in series five is to speak to donor conceived people, particularly those that grew up with a solo parent, to ask them about their experiences and I suppose really to learn we've made this decision to do this and we want to make sure that we do the best by our children and that our children 
you know, of course, most people's main goal is that our children aren't negatively impacted by our decision. So um, I'm trying to raise the profile of donor conceived people and give a platform for your voices so that we can learn, basically. So it would be great just to learn, I guess, a little bit about your childhood and where it all started so was your mum very open with you about your conception did you learn I don't really remember honestly because I grew up in a very um single parent neighborhood right so no one around me really had a dad that was really there so like I just thought it was like everyone else no one else (laughs) or they have really negative experiences so it wasn't like something I realized yeah so that's in some ways that's quite positive I guess for you then that you didn't feel like it was a different situation at all and it felt quite similar and when did you learn about donor conception do you know the only time I remember is when there's a documentary called anonymous father's day and I watched when I was 15 my mom showed it to me started asking more questions about like what it was and all that okay so you guys hadn't spoken about the detail of things before then not that I can remember now okay but you just you didn't feel like it was any different because of who you were surrounded with I suppose it was it kind of became more after that and then I had more questions and it was like (laughs) hang on a minute what's happening here sort of thing (laughs) was your mum you know open to talking to you about it then when you were 15 and you were asking more questions not really no Really, she 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 didn't really want to talk about. I it. could tell it was uncomfortable, mm. and I kind of wish she would have dealt with some of that before she like showed me the documentary. Mm. So when I asked questions, I wasn't attacking her. I never was. I was just, I was just curious because now you're showing me a documentary about it, and now I want to know more about it. Right, and have you had you've not had a conversation with her in depth since, or? Well, we got Ancestry mm-hmm. two years ago after my grandma died. And then I ended up figuring out, oh, I could find him. Okay. So I was talking to her about it. And then I found him through his uncle. Through <laughs> the Ancestry. Yeah. yeah. I found his uncle and his mother. And I was like, I'm so close. I need this. Yeah. So then I was like, I need to get through to this uncle. And I have to figure out who this person is. And then I kind of chickened out about contacting the uncle. I was like, I was like messaging him, but my mom actually called him for me. Right. It's a lot, isn't it? So, so yeah. what did your mum say to him? I was, she closed the door. I didn't hear that. Okay. <laughs> they also um, talked to him as well, like the donor too. So I don't know. But you haven't had contact. Oh, I've met him. You've met him. Yeah. Okay. So, so your mum talked to him and then he he said he was open to meeting you yeah and so when did that happen uh 2020 like summer i think and how was it it was it was weird because i'm not used to like having any male like i just grew up with my mom and my grandma my whole life and now there's like someone else yeah <laughs> and it's like figuring out my feelings about it and it was really good though kind of like cleared up a lot for me Like, I don't wonder what he looks like. I don't wonder who he is anymore. Mm. And I have contact information if I would look, if I want it and if I want to have a relationship. 
which is nice because the choice was all I really wanted at the end of that. Yeah. And has he got any other children? I actually found two siblings, mm-hmm. like Christmas Eve, I think. Oh, wow. And I'm going to meet them next week, which is... Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. And are they his children or they're donor conceived as well? Donor conceived. He doesn't have any kids. Right. Way. And where are they? Are they close to you or have you had... They're on like Vancouver Island, so like a yeah. ferry, by the way. <laughs> okay, so not too bad. And um, have you been chatting to them before yeah. meeting up? Yeah. I've only and- talked to one of them, but she says she has a f- full brother. Which would mean my brother as well. So like, yeah. he's gonna drive in, and we're all, and I'm, and I get to meet them next week. So. Amazing, and you know, how do you feel about sort of, I suppose, as an adult now finding out that you've got you know siblings that are genetically related to you? How do you feel about it? It was really exciting because when I found him, I was like, okay, great, I found him, and that's nice. But are there siblings now? <laughs> like, there's another question. Yeah, and then finding her and finding that post on, I was on twenty three and me, and I got a message saying, "Hey, nice jeans, like G J E N E S," and I was like, "Oh, this is a little interesting." Like no one said that to me. Yeah, I hope you have a good day. And I and I opened it and I was like, "Well, it's probably just someone I don't know who that is." And then I like looked and said, "Half sister." I was like, "Oh, half sister." Wow, and does that and that's exciting for you. Yeah. I wish I had it when I was younger though. Like I wish there could have been a way to find them earlier. Really? Because I feel like as an adult trying to find them, it's a little more awkward and like conversations and like This is a a hot topic at the moment. So it's really interesting to hear your views because there's two schools of thought from the people that I've been chatting to. Mm -hmm. One is that you need to let your children decide if they want to meet siblings and the other is if you let your children decide it's already late because realistically how old do children need to be before they can make that decision have you got a view on like would you like your mum to have found them and sort of just done the introductions or do you still think it's better to wait until you could make that decision I wish my mom did and if i and if, I, if at that time I didn't want that relationship and if I said no I think that should have ended it yeah but it would have been nice to like not have to find them also by myself through like DNA testing but also like just getting to know them as kids and if I didn't like them I would have just not had anything yeah that that's absolutely is, like super important for me. what's important sorry to have like the choice like to have them found and if you don't want anything to do with them then you don't have to but if you want to keep it going yeah that's also what I'm doing so I yeah. want to do the work for my daughter yeah. and if she yeah, doesn't yeah. like the spending time with people hopefully if we yeah. find them um, yeah. and of course that's her choice but at least she's yeah. got the option yeah. but I totally respect other people have different yeah. opinions but it's really nice to hear from somebody who is directly impacted it how, yeah. how you feel so you've not met them in person yet no when you met your donor did you feel like familiarity or how did it feel did they feel like a total stranger it's kind of both my mom is very outgoing she's very sociable and I am and I go the opposite 
and it seems like he is a lot quieter like me he like we have a lot in common in a lot of ways and he's like a he's a really nice guy yeah and did he tell you why he donated I didn't ask or he didn't say but I know that he was living in like the same place like I like university he was living in the same building as I was when he like learned of donating in the exact same like area in the building oh wow it is insane to think that we lived in the same place wow and that's where he like figured out he could donate really it's such a small world isn't it that's (laughs) crazy and so when you were growing up did you not have questions about who your dad was and where he was I didn't really have any questions no you just accepted how things were I mean I always wondered yeah because whereas there's father's day where everyone could write a card to their dad mm. but I'm writing one to my mom so where is mm. <laughs> you could definitely I could tell there was something yeah that was a little different from everyone else in that sense but you just didn't want to to ask more no, I I had a really good childhood with my mom and my grandma. Like, it was so much fun. I've been on, like, trips every year. And, like, it was it was really fun. Yeah. I just wish that I knew who he was before and I had these siblings more. But it's nothing against her. It's nothing against the childhood at all. No, no. I had this stuff in my life. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. wish now, in hindsight, that your mom had been a bit more open with you about yeah about the situation do you know why she wasn't have you ever asked her I think she was just afraid of it like afraid to bring it up afraid that I don't know I think it's just insecurity with it really yeah which I definitely get as well particularly (laughs) because at that time it was less common I guess wasn't it there's definitely a worry that we've made a decision that will impact our children and that's the last thing we want to do. I think only now we're, everybody's realising that the thing that will stop impacting them is talking about yeah. and, um, you know, yeah. that honest communication. Yeah. But amazing that you've got to meet your donor, at least that's sort of like, does it feel a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle's been put to place yeah. sort of thing? Like I, like, like I used to wonder what he looked like or anything because I didn't have any details growing up. Mm. And growing up now I did my mom did also didn't have any details so no one had any details so did your mom not really know anything about him he knew he was a doctor yeah which he's actually not a doctor but at the time I think he was going to be a doctor I, I've heard that quite a few times that when people have met their donor, they're like, hmm, that's not exactly what the details say um and so have you met any other donor-conceived people apart from your siblings? Have you, have you connected with anyone? I found the Facebook groups, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, because I guess it can be quite nice to connect with different people yeah. who really understand your situation. Mm-hmm. I've heard from a lot of people who found out they were donor-conceived later on in life but they thought that they had you know their mum and dad was their mum and dad and then later on they found out that actually their dad wasn't their biological parent do you feel a little bit like you found out later on in life yeah Yeah. I feel like you need it needs to be when they're kids so like there's a comfort level so there so it's not like weird to talk about 
Yeah. So it's just normal. So it's not like that as well. It's normalizing the whole conversation around it makes you feel a lot better about it as well. One of the things that I think is interesting is when you grow up with a solo parent, sometimes I think there's a presumption that you may not need to talk about it as much because it's obvious that that it is a donor conception because there's no father figure there. But I think talking to you, that's, you know, that's not the case. As a child, you don't know what the situation is unless somebody, you know, explains it to you. So. so how do you feel about things now? Like, where are you with everything? I don't know. I'm like half okay, but I'm half like, I'm more frustrated that I had to do this all on my own mm. and that I had to meet my siblings this late and I met him so late. Like, I just wish that someone did it earlier for me. I wish there was technology like DNA testing when I was younger. I wish there's like more regulations. There's a I just wish I knew more about it. Yeah. And what do you know what sort of age you would have liked to meet, especially donor siblings, but but both the donor and donor siblings? Definitely like before 10. Like I would have not have like hit after 10. Yeah. So while you're a child, basically. Yeah. Still. And if your mum had sat you down and said, you know, look, I want to explain that your conception and that there might be donor conceived siblings out there and you know and there may be a way to find the donor do you think at that point you would have said okay absolutely yeah let's let's do it I was definitely interested so yeah because you can't really avoid like that stuff like father's day yeah yeah and like my mom always talks about how she had these family get-togethers and they celebrated him and for me it just didn't go anywhere and it's yeah. like a yearly reminder of it. So like if you just cleared it up first, yeah. you wouldn't question it. You wouldn't like wonder. It would just like, you'd know more. Yeah. And did you have any um, male role models growing up? Not really. And do you think that that's impacted you at all? No. Um, because you had other role models and that was enough. I think that's also reassuring to hear because I think some people's big question is, oh, I don't know if I've got any good male role models for my child and will that really negatively impact them? But speaking to people, the majority of people seem to say, we just need good role models. It doesn't matter what gender they are. So if there's good people around us, then that's that's the most important thing. Would you say that was your case? Yeah. Yeah. And so for anybody who is listening to the podcast and is a solo parent, what what would your main advice for people be? To be honest about it from the start, which I guess you can't really not be honest because it's a little more obvious, I guess. But then to just have it be a normal conversation. So it's not a str- like, it's not awkward. It's not that. It's just what it is. Yeah. And especially with language is to let kids really lead that as well because I've always like my mom just started saying biological father which means so much to me because I because like I feel like donor takes away from like that's half of my identity right and it's kind of like taking that away and then she started saying that I was really impressed because I realized she learned like a lot from just saying that to me and it meant a lot to hear it it, I mean, it took a long time. So it would have been nice a little earlier. Yeah. So you call 
the, you call them the your biological father i don't know i kind of go by a lot of things yeah i can use all of them but around my friends i would pro i've always just said dad because it just makes more sense because all my yeah. friends have dads so yeah. if i relate to him in that sense then it's fine or it's his first name yes that's <laughs> a lot easier yeah 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 but when you're explaining the situation yeah. you'd use dad I think that's also really interesting oh, yeah. here because I think everybody seems to use different language yeah. but the, the key is that you're able to use whatever language works yeah. for you and that um as a parent we support you in you know whatever you decide yeah um, and I think most people have said well if they've met the person then first name works best yeah um, first name works really well <laughs> yeah yeah but I suppose it's when you're explaining to other people yeah, yeah so open and honest from an early age I think you said before that you think that as a recipient parent we should do the work for you so like to- at least I don't mean like go all the way. I mean like try to find some people. Like yeah. don't put all your effort in and spend like all your life doing it. No. Just a bit of effort so that it's not all on us when we become adults or become 18 or when we can get access. Yeah. Just so it's not like that. So it's appreciated that some stuff yeah. has been done beforehand. Okay, perfect. And it just in terms of uh, there's different types of donors that you can use so there's an anonymous donor or there is a like an identity release id donor where you do get the details when you're 18 but did your mum use an anonymous donor i don't actually know not sure yeah all i know is the clinic was gone like uh, before i was 18 (laughs) also it was very difficult for you to get any information so i wouldn't even have had anything if it wasn't for like 23 me and ancestry wow yeah so you know thank goodness that that that's <laughs> becoming available for people yeah. and is there any other advice that you would give people who are considering um this path to parenthood or who are already parents like someone like me what you know what we can do to make sure we're looking after the best interests of our children just about anon donors just generally that I feel like known would be a lot better and I know it is harder but just being able to have like medical information or like being able to know a name being able to know stuff about them mm-hmm. instead of anon where like you can't find anything yeah even anon at 18 I think is a little iffy because you're waiting till 18 yeah um and I, and I suppose there's different people have got different amounts of information so I suppose if what some people have said to me is if they've got a bit more information yeah. it is it is helpful because at least they've got some something to go on yeah um, I suppose one of my concerns is that my daughter grows up fantasizing a little bit because if there's an absence of someone and you don't have much information you can absolutely make up your own story do you feel like that's a you know something that you did sort of fantasized about what they might be like yeah I like always wondered what he looked like or like what he did or like that and like the fact like from where I live now he lives 10 minutes away from me wow he's lived that close my whole life (laughs) and I didn't know he was ever there wow so, like, just knowing that, like, having any information would be really... Yeah, gosh. Also, that- I had a friend that had this really cool dad. 
well not really cool but, like I didn't have one so like I didn't know what to call him mm. but like I used to I went on trips with him and everything and we watched sports games and it was like all this fun stuff and then in my head I'm like is this what it's like yeah like it was just curiosity it wasn't anything else it was just like I don't know it's like you didn't have like a male role model ever yeah and then I and then my grandma would always ask me, like, what was it like me? Like, and I, and I would talk about my friend's dad, like he was this best guy in the world. <laughs> and I don't think I was like missing that. I just missed like my lack of information about him was just so slim. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And then like my grandma always was like, at 18, you'll find him. And I was in my head, I'm like, yeah, but I don't want 18. <laughs> I want earlier, like. It's nice to know. So how old were you then when you were having those conversations, you know, that you needed to wait till the 18? With my grandma, it was probably when I was like 13. Right. I only talked about it to my grandma. Right. It was very like, it was just between us. I don't know. She always asked me about it. So do you think she felt a bit more confident to have the, the conversations with you? Well, that's nice in some ways that you had someone yeah. to, to discuss it with a bit. And she was like my favorite person growing up and Aww. picking me up from school. I always bought me McDonald's and took me shopping all the time. She was just amazing. So like, it was nice to have someone who was always in my life. Yeah. Like I was able to, she, and she brought it up herself, which was nice because I don't think I could have brought it up myself. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I I also see my daughter has such a close relationship with my parents. And I think that as a solo parent, sometimes if you're lucky enough to have your parents there, that that can be quite common, that the grandparents are quite involved. My my daughter said to me today, um, she said, "Uh, Mummy, you're my best friend, except for when Granny's here, then she's my best friend. (laughs) It's like, good to know the priority. <laughs> but um I think it's nice that you've got that those other yeah. models in your life um so nice that you had your grandma growing up as well and what do you think you know what do you see in the future I, I know it's hard to predict but just in terms of your relationship with your biological father and with your donor siblings what do you I hope with the siblings that we can like have some form of relationship because they've grown up as siblings and I know that I come from a scene and I come from being like an only child. So like there's two different ways there. I just hope we can have like some strong relationship. Yeah. And I guess for the donor, I don't know. It's hard because I grew up without him Mm -hmm. (laughs) and knowing what I want and all that is really difficult. (laughs) yeah so you're so just like, something I want to figure out before I... yeah. yeah so you're still in the process of sort of figuring out yeah. what type of relationship you want with him yeah. but is he quite open to sort of letting you figure that out is he quite yeah. open to contact yeah. well that that's I have definitely... his number um I have his email address yeah I've met his parents so oh, I wow have their number as well so like I have access to like yeah that side of where I would like it so the ball's in your court a little bit in terms of yeah and how was it meeting his parents it was really cool they're it was like they live in the same place that my grandma's sister lived in and I went there like every couple years to visit her and the fact they've all been so close to me (laughs) 
Yeah. But I never knew they existed. It was just so interesting. Yeah, gosh, that must be a lot to get your head around that you sort of were quite close by to a lot of these people. And even if you had come across them, you wouldn't have known, I guess, who they were. Do you look at all like your biological father? I don't really know. I don't see it myself. Yeah. Everyone else says that they can see a lot of my mom and a little bit of me. And some people say they see like a lot of him. So I don't actually know. Yeah. I'm the same actually. When people say, does my daughter look like me? Yeah. Like, I don't really know. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. But, but then I, my brother actually looks almost identical to him. Right. And has the same job as him. It's crazy that that's just like genetically related and they look that alike. Wow. And have they met him? No. Oh, they haven't met him. Did they know who he was before they met you? Oh, wow. So you were able to... It was on 23andMe and she messaged me. And then I was like, oh, I have some photos and stuff. If you want, all in your choice. I have contact info, whatever you want. Wow. And she's like, I'd love for you to send that to me. So I sent it to her on Instagram. Yeah. And then she was like sharing it with her brother and her boyfriend. And like, she didn't... I, I like sent her names. I sent her all the photos I have. So she got, they got the nice version with all the photos. Not yeah. Crazy, so they, that's really nice for them that you've sort oh, of yeah. facilitated. I'm really glad they didn't have to do that. Cause I hope yeah. that even if it was more siblings, I would hope I would like send them everything myself. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't have to go through the hard work. Cause that was a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no regrets, but like a little awkward. So. Yeah. Maybe you guys come across some more siblings and would you be open for that? Oh yeah. Yeah. We'd be very excited to like meet them. Brilliant. I mean it must be really nice to just be connected with people who share genetics with you. Um, you know, just interesting to find out more about them and if there's any similarities and stuff with you. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited to just talk to them next week and to like know them more amazing oh you'll have to let us know how it goes yeah. <laughs> anything else that you wanted to share with us no that's pretty good brilliant well thank you so much for chatting to me i think it's um so interesting to hear everybody's different story and how things have impacted them um and i just really hope that by sharing these stories we can all just learn and make sure that we try to make the best decisions for our children so thank you so much for taking the time thank you for having me if you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast it'd mean a lot to me if you take a few minutes to rate review and subscribe if you'd like to learn more of what's on offer at The Stork and I, head over to my website, thestorkandi.com or follow me on Instagram at thestorkandi with underscores between the words. You can hear more about the coaching I offer as well as hear from donor-conceived adults, industry experts and the opportunity to meet and become a part of the Solo Motherhood community.